The Boiled Sports Handsome Hour is sponsored by Martin Vintage. Go to martinvintage.com and check out their excellent selection of high-quality Purdue t-shirts. Enter Boiled at checkout to get 20% off your order. martinvintage.com If you'd like to sponsor the Handsome Hour, please contact us at boiledsports at gmail.com. We're cheap. I mean, well, you know what I mean. Hey everybody, welcome to another uh, Boiled Sports podcast. I don't know if we're going to call this a basketball beat or a handsome hour, but either way, you're going to hear from your pal, Anish, who's here with me. Hello. And me, Boiler Dowd. We are, uh, we're without Jay Money, uh, we're without Michael, and uh, both of the guys had more important things to do. Anish and I, of course. uh, Nothing important to do whatsoever. Generally nothing important to do, and, uh, but, but bringing the good stuff to you guys. That's really the most important thing to do right now. It's in my life. I don't know what your priorities are. Yeah, yeah. I, so let me ask you, Anish, because I, I, I talked a little bit about this on my quick cast, but is is early signing day or signing day for football, is that a big deal to you or is that not that big of a deal to you? I know you love you love recruiting and you love seeing what's coming next, but how does this day for you? It's not even what's coming next. Like, so – you know, recruiting rankings can be fickle. We all know that living through the Danny Hope era, right? Um, Alteric McBurse, shout out to you forever. Um, but like, you know, they're, they're right more often than they're wrong. You know, you can always find, um, the exceptions. You can always find the Ryan Kerrigan, you know, low three, barely a three star kind of a player, but, more often than not, it's a good indication of relatively how good is that play, how good has that player been over their four years of high school, right? And what these recruiting rankings tell you, and what reactions on National Signing Day tells tells you. Now it's getting earlier and earlier. Maybe it'll be in the summer in a few years. Who knows? <laughs> right. Um, is is um, the foundation on which you are building, especially at a school like Purdue. If you're Penn State, Ohio State, you're always going to have a top 10 recruiting class and the the margins are going of player development and luck are going to matter a little bit more. But if you're mm-hmm. Purdue, like Jeff Brom, and you're coming off of the four worst years in Purdue football history and you sign three straight top 25 classes that tells you that a foundation is there. This is what I was saying when Brom was talking about talking to Louisville. All I wanted was this recruiting class, you know, the last year's recruiting David Bell recruiting and uh, George Karloftis recruiting class, because Mm -hmm. even if Brom left, the foundation is there. These yeah. talented players are in already. Right. And, you know, I was high on Bell. I was high on Carl. Everybody was high on Karloftis before this. It's like you get them to campus, you can attract a good coach to come on in. And now for a third straight time, that's what gets me excited more than any of the individual players, though there are a few fun stories out there. It's like mm-hmm. this is the foundation that you're building on, and it's just like, you know, it's so quantitatively great right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that, you've you've talked about this for a while when you you use the term infrastructure and and it wasn't just it probably wasn't just the buildings and the the way the athletic department prioritized, but also the personnel that were in place that weren't leaving. Right, things that we've talked about for about a year or two, the design department in the athletic department, that that's an infrastructure thing. That's an investment that's made. And every one of these players, social the, the social team. I mean, yes. like the, oh, the ability. Great. The ability for a player to come in and take pictures with their family in a Purdue jersey for their visit. You know what I mean? Like it's just and be able to post like professional quality pictures right away. Mm -hmm. It's like those those are the small things that's like, yeah, it's you know, those are on the margins, but like Mm -hmm. margins add up. Like that's why you clip coupons, right? Right. I know you spend all of your Saturday just clipping coupons. It's yeah, it's because the you know, that seventy five cents you save on uh, hash browns, frozen hash browns. That's a good deal, by the way. Yeah, is yeah. is money in your is just is going to go towards the next uh, you know BMW that you buy. That's right. That's right. Right. If you, I mean, yes. like, yeah, yeah. Save, and you so save it, your way there. You got not everybody can be like Jay and just you I, know just, just sit on a, a a chair made of cash. You know. That's right. 
I mean, like, it is what it is. The chair is made from limbs that have fallen off of the money tree, I think, yes, is yeah. what we... So we're, we're saying, if we're going to continue the analogy, Jay is like Ohio State, yeah. and I am like Purdue, and you are like... Uh, what's another team? Iowa, Michigan State. Ooh, right? I was gonna, I was gonna go with, uh, you know, Drexel. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not there yet. I'm trying. We're working so hard. You would be the, like the old Dominion. Dominion. Like you old saying. Dominion. That's it. That's right. It's, gonna, keep, it's gonna become the old Dominion hour, regardless. <laughs> That's right. Every week for the past week, we have mentioned old Dominion, which is really odd, and uh, it's good though. It's good. So that. give me so, so you you looked at this recruiting class like I have. Is there one player that just your memory right away this guy jumps out or two? You're like, okay, I know that we we obviously know um, Tariq Murphy and Michael Alamo. These guys are really really good. If those are the guys that stand out, that's fine. But is there somebody that's at the, the the next group that you think of that you're like, I like this kid. All of these wide receivers. I mean, to me right now, the wide receiver room is just absolutely incredible. Um, what there was the four star that was ta- that uh, Purdue got Abdur Rahman um, Yassin, is that his name? Yassin. And uh, Yassin. Yeah. And. He, you know, plucking him from uh, Northwestern, it's like one of those times where it's a coin flip and it's kind of weighted the other way and it lands Purdue. You know, it lands with Purdue heads up. Like it is, those are the kind of things that never really in previous, um, you know, administrations never really go Purdue's way. But and now we have a clear answer as to what happens when Rondell Moore leaves next year. Like, where's the production going to come? Well, Purdue signed what like uh four high three star uh uh wide receivers and one four star why one yeah. or two four star well it depends on where you look for malik Carr's rating yeah. I, malik Carr, though to me i've been saying this forever he is a big dude he's a big dude i don't see him as a wide receiver very long i just don't i he's not that type of route runner he's a guy he's a running back or a tight end no no i think he's a tight end and wow. i think he, he could be used like a let's say a dallas clark type tight end right where you move him into the slot sometimes you put him in motion you you take advantage of these matchups that are going to be just hellacious. If he gets outside, right, if he gets in motion and he gets out to the flanker spot, now you've got a corner on him and you can just use his body. If you've got a quarterback and put it on on the money, good luck trying to go through that guy, right? I mean, it's going to be tough. You, you did the rare thing where you didn't just compare across races. You compared to the whitest person that you could possibly yes. find in yes. Dallas Clark. Yes. I admire yes, that actually. about you. I've yeah. always admired that about Thank you. you. Uh, but Dallas Clark, I, I, there's always been a, a frustrating part of – I mean, obviously he was a Colt, so I liked watching him then. He was very productive. And you'd watch him play, and you're like, how is this guy doing this? Because he doesn't look that fast, yeah. right? Malik Carr, though, when you watch his highlights, you're like, oh, man, this dude is a beast. And right now, it's an interesting thing. It's almost like – I don't know how tall you were in, let's say, seventh, eighth grade, okay? I was almost the height I am in eighth grade you're a big boy yeah so i was i was almost average for a little bit and then all my friends passed me right so malik Carr right now is a huge man malik Carr will not get any bigger he's gonna be this guy he may get faster he may get stronger he may get more skilled may become a better route runner that sort of thing right but he's not gonna get any bigger I mean, like like, he, he's like 6'4", 225, right? 6'4", 230? I think he's bigger than 225. I, I, I he's, he's, a big, he's a big guy. And if he's not listed as bigger than 225, 230, he is. Um, I had a good friend that was um, 6'7", 245, freshman playing weight. He played Lord. at Purdue. He was, he was uh, Indiana Mr. Football runner-up in 19... 19- 90 hold on i can tell you 1997 1996 okay his name's tim peterson real person the guy though he was he was a he was a prototypical nfl tight end as a senior in high school he came into purdue he started right away third game of his career he gets a pass thrown behind him by either reeves or dick and i think it was reeves and he blew out his knee ah uh-uh. Then he blew out his other knee trying to he, he he tried to go to another place to play. He was told at Ball State he'd go and be a lineman because he was so big, um, and they thought he probably lost a step because he he had one of these horrible knee injuries. I think it was MCL PCL. Um, mm-hmm. It was a rough one. 
And so then he went to Ball State, blew out his other knee, just one of the ligaments. And that was it. But he was um, <clears throat> he was a big guy. That's my point. So some of these guys, let's look at David Bell, right? David Bell, we have not even begun to see what he could become. Oh. He can get faster. He can get stronger. You know he's got an amazing work ethic. He could look like a different guy. By the time he's a senior, I would surmise if he stays four years – he will physically look much different, you know. He's just going to be bigger and stronger, and he's going to be – I think he will be faster. I think he will be a better route runner. Um, but now look at the – this is the whole great thing about what you're talking about. When you have this many talented wide receivers, chances are you're going to have three or four good receivers at any time. Oh, yeah. And I mean, you've got so I, many I, different types of weapons, right? To me, that has been the goal of Brom. We all thought coming in, he'd be the quarterback whisperer. And, you know, he would be getting, you know, these four-star quarterbacks left and right coming to Purdue, which, you know, this year they might. We might bring in two. Who knows? Um, in addition, like one more in addition to Alimo, which is really impressive that um, – what Alimo's brother is at Rutgers, yeah. is that right? Yep. And they wanted Chiano hired, and he still stayed committed to Purdue. That yep. is an impressive. I mean, like, I don't know if that's being talked about enough. Like, to me, that was stunning yep. that he kept his commitment to Purdue and signed right away as soon as he possibly could. Mm -hmm. um, but it seems like Brahm's approach, at least so far, has been get the wide receivers, get get the targets and make the floor of whatever quarterback you put be under center so much higher than, you know, if you were to just put all of your investment like um, uh, like Daryl Hazel did, which he actually did a good job recruiting quarterbacks. Like the quarterbacks that Purdue got yeah. during the Hazel era were actually pretty good quarterbacks, but they had no weapons. They had no, there was no infrastructure there. There was no weapons. There were no line. There was no scheme. No offensive and so, identity. And so Brom is taking the other path. He is saying, you know, quarterbacks could all of a sudden break their collarbone. You know, like a, you know, a star well, record-setting quarterback pick, yeah, exactly. just to pull a just to yeah. pull a injury out of the mm -hmm. air. Um, and what happens when the next guy is in? Well, the next guy is still throwing to Rondell Moore, David Bell, and all the others, right? So it's like you're you're raising the floor of anybody that you put in just so high. And we were talking about this offline. You're recruiting to an uh, identity, and that is so crucial. You're recruiting with energy, which is your point, and you're recruiting to an identity. And, like, that is so – I mean, like, you know, that's uh, – it's been when you're a school like Purdue – you can't just blend into the background. Like if you blend into the background, you're dead. Yep. Yep. Uh, so the, the interesting thing, I don't know if you're getting asked the same question, but it bothers me every time I see it. So I've been a, very much a rah-rah guy the last week or so, just kind of excited about the future saying, okay, let's, let's put our perspective in the right place. The, there's just so much on the horizon, so much potential for very, very good things. And so I'll say, can you can't I can't wait till Marcellus Moore is officially on campus because his speed is like nothing we've seen since since Rod Woodson. You've got world class speed that a guy that can be a, a literal Olympic qualifier in multiple events is going to be in a Purdue football uniform. That's exciting to me. In fact, Marcellus Moore, the interesting thing, I think his career at Purdue could be shorter than four years because he goes and produces and and, and um chases the olympic dream that's says, crazy. you know what i'm gonna go i'm gonna go run in the four by one team or the four by two team for the u.s <laughs> track and field that, know, just uh, just to have a weapon to take the top off like that is oh, like, you great. know that's a different weapon than bell or more gives right completely different and that's that's the thing that, that's you've got all these types of guys and then um oh boy the other guy i cannot remember right now sullivan, sullivan. yeah sullivan if if he is what uh, Coach Shepard says he is. He's just a tough guy. And to me, when I think of tough, bigger-bodied receivers, I think of Reggie Wayne. So a guy that says, "I'm gonna, I'm willing to take the shot across the middle. I'm willing to use my body to catch the ball. I'm willing to do the tougher thing because I'm not the fastest guy. I'm a four-four-eight, a four-five. You know, fast, quick, yeah. But I'm not a top-end guy, right? I'm not a Rondell Moore who's an absolute water bug." It's just another weapon, right? So, so the question, the question that annoys me, I put a guy up there. I'll say, I can't wait to see Marcellus Moore. I can't wait to see um, 
Malik Carr, and they'll say, but who's going to throw the ball to him? And I keep saying, well, probably one of the quarterbacks who's thrown a for a 400-yard game. A 400-yard game in college football is not, even though offense is is a lot more proficient or prolific than, than it was five, ten years ago, 400-yard football games in a Division One in a major conference, it's still not normal. And to have two guys who are not even supposed to be the starters coming in both throw for 400 yards, it's incredible. It says a lot to me. And I keep saying, just give me a season where these guys, let's get one quarterback all the way through the season. We still haven't seen that. Let's see a guy go wire to wire with the Brom brothers and Coach Shepard and these weapons. Wow, it's going to be great. And I think you can take your pick. One of those two in the stable, it's already there. One of the two that's coming in, potentially. Well, we know one's coming in, but maybe one of the second quarterback that Purdue gets after the All-Star Games, the All-American Games, you're going to have some options there at quarterback, and they're all going to be very good. I have faith in these guys. I have faith in the coaches, obviously, to, to develop. That's what I'm saying. Like, we've already uh, – what more proof do you need than this? I don't know. That, I don't know. Who, <laughs> that It doesn't really – I mean, like, the – the whoever is under court under center will raise the ceiling of the team, but the floor I think is already. I mean, you know, unless they're unless it's a repeat, you know, injury bug, injury bitten se- season again next year. It's like I I think you know we're we're in for another jump. This is why nice four or five win quiet season. Nobody talking around Brom. Like he doesn't have to think about anything else. This is all I wanted. This is all I wanted from Get this year. Get comfortable in your seat, coach, that's right? It. It. You're at home. You're where you need to be. Nobody else needs you. Nobody your kids else love you. it here. They love it here. This is right. where everybody, your wife, she's happy. Everybody's good. You've all had an extra year to get comfortable. There's no reason to even look outside because this is home. And so next year, when Purdue has nine wins, ten wins, and the the vultures come circling, he said he'll say, "Y'all listen, okay? Yep, yeah, I'm staying here." Six million dollars should do that too. Yes, yes, I mean, and I don't have any problem if he, you know, if we have a another gigantic step forward and the naysayers, but the, the Purdue fans that don't believe. That don't let me not even believe, but don't have the foresight to see that there is more coming. Don't pay attention to these recruits really very closely. That's it. That's really to me the only thing you can see. You can go on game day Saturdays and you can see what you and I see, which is this team has some potential, right? And then you add potential on top of potential, right? Different it's types. Like a potential sandwich. A delicious, delicious potential sandwich. Beautiful. I, I, I cannot, I cannot wait to see what's coming next. I. I mean, the wide receiver, you know, I was saying this last year, even before these, um, you know, this class was signed. But next year, I think if healthy, which is a big if, yeah, this is the best wide receiver room in the country. Like top to bottom, the best wide receiver room in the country. And that is insane. Well, now with Yassine, I don't know how you can't say that. Yeah. I mean, like, I already said that. I, I took that. I agreed with you. I was like, yeah, this is the best wide receiver core in America. Minnesota is very good, I think. Um. Yeah, and the Blue Bloods are always going to be great. I mean, that's the thing. Alabama, all they needed was two or three decent receivers. Purdue's got five decent receivers, good receivers. Ohio State has another um, phenomenal room. But, like, you know, you have Wright, you have Anderson, and then you have the two, um, you know, Rice, Sheffield, and then you have the two blue chips, you know. How many times is Ohio State going to do this where they have a guy leave Ohio State who's okay there, and then he goes to the pros and he's amazing? It just keeps happening. It is what it is. Because they get they have not the best wide receivers, but the best athletes in America it's coming every, to us. They have the best everything. It's yes. it's it's just disgusting. It's That's just the, awful. the best thing. When I so for some reason I'm trying to figure out why uh, the boiled sports feed follows someone who is on staff at Ohio State. And so this morning when the letters of intent started rolling in, I was just looking for the proof that the Purdue guys have come in. So I'm going between gold and black and Twitter, and I'm looking every place I can. Well, our our friend Nathan Baird is over there now. Yep, Baird's there, but it wasn't Baird. Uh, it was another guy. And every time they come, th- it was they have this graphic. It looks like a watch, and it said I can't remember, exclusive or something. And I figured that meant every Ohio State player got this expensive watch because they were paying them to come. That's what I. That's the way I interpreted it. So great, you guys all got a very nice and a bag of cash. They did not show the bag of cash in the video. 
Um, but when these when these guys would come across, every single one of them was four or five stars. And I'm like, whew, it must be a crazy world that they live in, right? Because we're like, what, four, four stars, and Purdue fans are just pulling our hair out. I can't believe it. That's they're it. like, four star, four star, four star, five star, four star, four star, four star, four star. No big whoop. It's a different, it's a different ball game. Like once you get, right. this is what we were talking about. What's Purdue's ceiling in terms of like what's the best recruiting class that Purdue could pot, could get consistently, and you know I I think you know we're close. That 20, 20 to twenty five is pretty close. I don't think you can get past something like eighteen. You know because then you start to get multiple five stars. Um, yeah. You know you need one or multiple five stars and a whole bunch of four. And I don't, that's not a reality that we can live in. So this, if we just keep it up, which it seems like why, you know, what other proof is there that, you know, Brahm is going to, Brahm is going to keep this up at least for the next few years. Mm-hmm. Um, or for as long as he is here, there's no indications that he won't be able to, um, you know, I, that's a foundation that I will uh, tentatively accept. You know, I think it, it, I think we might have to give him a lifetime contract. I don't know. <laughs> well, I just I think the whole thing, like you said, he's a different guy. I think he knows what he wants his next move to be even before anybody else does. Yeah. yeah. I think he knows what the parameters need to be for him yeah. to move on. Um, and I don't think Purdue throwing a bunch of money is gonna. No. I don't. You think know, but he knows the money is. There, it's not going to be a money just dis- uh, past six million dollars. It's all right. like what is is Disney dollars? Like it doesn't matter. It's monopoly money. Um, and so does he still d- drive the Accord? I don't think I didn't hear I anything about it. I don't know. I, don't, I always thought that was a bit anyway. By the way, I'll just be. I'm going to be real honest. I'm going to come out and say I don't think that was his primary driver. I think he drove that to the athletic facilities. And he then, loves that story. Yeah. He oh, loves he loves the story. Oh, yeah. Right. And uh, um. Uh, what was the oh Andrew Luck's cell phone? It's like the same. Right. Everybody loves that story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, come on. Yeah, yeah, I don't believe it, but that's okay. So you're yeah. you, so you're low on Brahm and you want to fire him? It's, yeah, so exactly. That, uh, that's exactly right. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm glad you got that sure. yeah, I just wanted you. to summarize a little yeah. bit. Yeah, the internet told me that's the way. If you, I, I would think that. Uh, yeah, my negative feelings are overriding my positive feelings right now. Yeah, so. that's right. Um, I, I, so is there any guy um, – do you have a dark horse in the class? Do you have one of those or do you not really have one? I, I just like that we signed you know, two, two big old offensive linemen, uh, one of them from uh, – uh, that I think that are both coming to campus early in Hartwing from the Indy area. Zinesville, yep, yep. um, correct? I think so. I don't know. And Kaltenberger, who's from here, from Pittsburgh. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so we got two Pittsburgh players coming in to Purdue next year, one playing football, and one playing basketball. And so I am enjoying this. That's cool. Yeah, they got – so they had four in the class. One of them is, uh, I think, Fox. And then you had Bison Bizchik. It's a, it's a name that I don't know how to pronounce it. That's the guy, actually, I'm most excited about. The interesting thing about all of them on paper, none of them are 300-pounders right now. And that's where it comes where the developmental programs are different than the guys who are getting the you know, the truly right-out-of-the-box great um, uh, linemen. The, a friend of mine said this years ago. He said it, we were at a Purdue-Notre Dame game. This is back when Purdue was under uh, Coletto. And he said, when Notre Dame comes out of the tunnel – Look at the bodies of these linemen. He said, it's not just that these guys weigh 300 pounds. It's that they're 300 pounds. They're athletic. They have long arms, right? So right away, these guys had bigger frames, whereas Purdue would get these guys that are like, look just like mean bulldogs or fire hydrants, right? They, they you know, they, they, Kurt Barron, right? Pack on the weight. You know they're going to give you everything they've got, but they're not specimens. They're not the um, Tony Costanzos of the world. That guy... Man, he is, he is, what's he, 315 pounds rock solid? Like, looks like about a 36-inch waist. That's ridiculous. That's not normal build, you know? It's incredible. But I love that. I mean, these these guys that have come in, they all want to be at Purdue. And one thing I saw, which was great, I can't remember which recruit said this. He said, this is the opportunity I want. There's no place I'd rather be than Purdue. There you go. I mean, that's, you know, you the, that's all you need to trust the people in charge. This is why I follow recruiting on national signing day basically Um, and a little bit beforehand just to see if there are any exciting targets and then see if they sign um and once they sign it's like that's when you know um 
that's when you can make like the quotes that you get after that are what you can take away from the coaching staff because that's how they connect you know uh, the coaching staffs have to connect to these 18 year old kids Um, and it seems like this staff does it seems like Jamarcus Shepard and Brom and the whole staff speaking of whoever the defensive coordinator is going to be it uh, you know it seems like they're doing a great job connecting so this is I it seems to me like that defensive coordinator the next guy who comes in based on what Brom's comments continue to be he's going to be a big time guy Um, I think it's because otherwise they would have hired I mean if they were going to hire point it would be done It'd be done, right? Um, And maybe it's still the backup option. If they end up hiring Poindexter, maybe the, the, uh, you know, the external candidate didn't, um, you know, it just didn't work out. Right. And you have a guy on staff that you trust. It's Um, an interesting thing. Do you ever think about the logistics of getting, I mean, I know you've thought about your dream about getting fired, getting paid to leave. fired. Yeah, that's it. I want to be, I want the the buyout. But if oh, you're if you're coach Holt right now, right? Your son just got done with his finals. He's done at Purdue. What what do you do right now? I I've always wondered about this because I think there are guys like Holt who love the community. I think he's very well like liked too. Do you still are you still kind of around going grocery shopping? Have you already just said you know what I'm done? Somebody else gonna pack up the boxes. I'm going someplace else. I've already had all these people telling me I'll go interview. I don't understand any of that. I can't even put my head around what that part is. And that's not a head coach. That's an assistant coach. Yeah, I was going to say, I'd go somewhere warm immediately right. and just kind of sip a drink with, you know, the with a little umbrella in it. Uh-huh. Uh, but uh, I that made, that's why I'm not a insane football coach. That's, he got I mean, paid, what, is it $800,000? I think I that's no close. Idea. I mean, I, I think his salary was right around there. Awfully good money if you could a good good work. And if you the, could the buyout it. must be like a one year, like you get. You I would get think your so. Severance. I mm-hmm. mean, it's not terrible. No, no. Not terrible. And uh, he's lived in Southern California. He knows what it's like to live in live in a nice climate. Uh, so, who knows? Who knows where he'll land? I think he's got enough respect all over America. I could see him. Like my prediction is he'll be. Uh, maybe he'll be coaching in the state of Florida very soon because of the connections of the people that have head coaching jobs right now. Yeah. So what, that's you, what I'm saying. Maybe you so. think, you think, um, you think, uh, so the next Purdue DC is a, is a, uh, not internal candidate and not kind of small time name. I think he, I think the next Purdue, here, here's what I think. I think Brom had time to think about who he wanted on his staff when they came to Purdue and he carried over most of his guys, but he built that staff with very experienced people Remember, he had, what, three ex-head coaches on that mm-hmm. staff, like, mm-hmm. right? My guess is he wants as many of those those CEO types there who are going to run their department like it's theirs and take especially ownership. Especially like the defense. Yeah, especially the defense because I don't know if he wants too much of a part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, it's I always gather that it's a little bit tough to be, um, you know, Joe Tiller's defensive coordinator. That's yeah. what made Speck and him like a special kind of pairing, right? Yeah. Because yeah. if you are playing with an offense, um, like it's, you know, back, you know, maybe about 10 years ago, being Chip Kelly's defensive coordinator, when that offense was running as fast as they could, and maybe it'd be a three and out. It happens. But the right. defense is still gassed. Yeah. And so to play a system where you're not getting taken advantage of uh, in, you know, when you only have two minutes off the field is tough. Yeah, um, especially yeah. if, if you're not, you know, if you don't have Nike money, yeah. uh, and so it's like to get, you know, to, 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 let's say entice recruits to coming uh-huh. to, uh, Eugene. Um, and so it's like, it's going to be a, it's going to have to be an interesting schematic fit. So we'll see. I, I, yeah, I, I'm hoping it's Marcus Freeman. I don't think it's going to be Marcus I don't Freeman. Think it's be Marcus. I think he's a superstar. I, I think do. everybody knows he's a superstar, and I think he knows he's a superstar. I think he can probably get, um, you know, the Ohio State DC job if he wanted it eventually, or wherever Fickle yeah. ends up, um, and he knows it. So yeah. like, you know, or a head coaching spot at you know a Mac type school. So it's like, um, you know, the Freeman dream is always there for me. Cause he was, you know, the one good part of the Hazel right. that was there, but you know, I don't yeah. think it's happening. No, I don't think it's going to happen. Um, I, I just don't, I don't think it would be, unless he says, you know, there's better exposure there and it's a good springboard for the eventual 
I mean, other than TV, but Cincinnati is doing well. Yeah, like, well, right? you don't need to. You don't need nope. to be in a Big Ten, you know, mid-tier Big Ten program when you're at Cincinnati, which is kind of consistently now under Fickle, like top fifteen. Like they're probably going to be a top fifteen team again next year. So Coming like into the season, yeah. So it's like, uh, you know, it'd be tough. So it, but it'd be fun to see who, you know, who ends up there. I think we'll know my. My guess is February first. We'll know the, who the DC is. Yeah, January. I would expect yeah, something, yeah, you know, yeah. or at least then to trickle out. We'll see. Well, now it's a, I, I mean, I don't. There's a uh, the early signing period, and then there's no signing, right? Don't they say you cannot sign until is it February? Yeah, there's like a dark period or something right. like that after right. whatever. It's so day. it's so right. weird, right? And it's, then they can't go and see players for a little while. I guess to, because they want them to spend time with their families Christmas and New Year's. Yeah, I don't yeah. understand it. I, there's a bunch of sham rules out there. Um, the timing is silly. But uh, I think Purdue's coaching staff did an excellent job just kind of making sure everybody was still on board. And I think that all comes down to the those those great pictures on Twitter of the entire coaching staff going to people's houses, right? That That's pretty cool. That's really cool. Before we transition to the round ball mm-hmm. – um, I, you know, I always, I look, I, you know, I, I'll come clean here. I stare at your chest when, when we're recording these podcasts, but you know, it's mostly because you've got the beautiful Purdue logo right there. That's, it, that's the Martin reason. Vintage. I thought, well, I thought it was something yeah, else. We'll talk about it off. We'll okay. Talk about All right. it off. It's fine. We'll talk about it. I, this one from martinvintage.com, enter boiled at checkout for 20% off. It's got the old, old school train. Like, you know, the, it's like two, but I don't know how to describe it other than two dimensional. It yep. is an extremely two dimensional train. Right. I love it. Uh, and you know, the, the Purdue lettering is perfect. It's amazing. That's and one the, that the, I've the, had. The, my the, the print, what they've done is I think they've nailed the gold color on this one. So this is the shirt. If you go on the boiled sports website, you'll see the Martin vintage link. And uh, they, we've got the back of the shirt, the two options, the yellow option and the black option. But the gold ink they used on this shirt is so good. I actually – I got the shirt, and I started holding it under the light. I thought it was metallic, but it's really just kind of the sheen of the of the print. They did an excellent job nailing the color, which I've, I've liked other shirts. But this one, for some reason, I think they got the Pantone colors right. The shirt is that 50-50 feel. Um, it's it's an excellent shirt. And in the back, it's got the old, old school Griffin. You know, there's multiple Griffins. It's just a great shirt. And, it's a great uh, shirt. The great it's shirt. And I did that say. impromptu. Uh, I did a commercial um, like on Twitter just because when I got it, I was like, this shirt's great. Like, I really like this shirt. So, um, yeah, they did a great job. So martinvintage.com, uh, you can have a chest that other people looks at look at all the time like that's, me. that's true yes that's their tagline how did you know <laughs> that's right have a chest like be down i don't know if they say that on the site they may say that to their friends at parties but interboiled at checkout and uh yeah go there get your christmas gift done i think they, they i think either today or yesterday was their last day of free shipping before christmas so it may be done but they still even then get your new year's shirts in get your new year's shirt yeah a sell a party shirt that's a great idea it's great it's fine yeah love, love those guys martin vintage though and um, yeah but so that's that's a good transition we're going to go and we're going to talk about the triumph in ohio is hey, that what they're man. calling it yeah that's what i'm calling it right right <laughs> That was huge. Uh, the big victory, some hot action in the middle of the week on the road for our Boilers. A very yeah. unusual thing. It was a Morgan Burke special. It was made. If it is not the stupidest contract I've ever heard. <laughs> Holy moly. And if you're listening and you don't know what Anish and I are talking about, here's what happened. My, Ohio leveraged Morgan Burke into making Mac Painter take a road game at a Mac school. Because the football team was playing together? Am I saying that right? Is that what I you heard so. as well? Yeah, because if you remember, the second no game of Jeff Brom's, the second game of Jeff Brom's tenure was that weird was that Friday night game, that experimental Friday night game, which is when all of the trick plays were pulled out. It was you know, very fun game. Yeah, fun. that's right. The new lights. Yep. It was under the new lights. Um and as a part of that, Purdue had to Purdue basketball had to travel to Ohio. It's just like 
opening the season on the road against Nevada. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Like going yeah, three it is time similar. zones across, being a Big Ten school and going three time zone across to Nevada to play a football game. It's like it's just a setup cases, for you one got, You've got nothing to gain. No. Because the win, the, was, the win was nice to have, but the loss, you know, it, the Nevada loss is like devastating and it's a higher likelihood because it's just a weird situation for a Big Ten team to be in. And, and the Ohio crowd, I kept saying, look at all those fans. When I was, there was <laughs> nobody there. And I know the students have just left campus, but I'm like, they didn't have that many students. I know that. <laughs> that place was damn empty. Um they, and they had they had that. I think the camera was hanging from the ceiling. Yeah, it I was think it was such a high angle. It was on the moon, oh, and it was, it was a great camera. We were talking about cameras before we before uh, this started. It was one of those nice, beautiful exposure lenses on the moon. Yep. And it was just right through the Look, you know right through, through the, the roof. Yeah, it was great. Apparently, the stadium was uh, modeled after Mackey, which is weird. That was really weird. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was uh, the funny thing is so like Mackey, they've done a pretty good job. You know, you got in the round, you've got a metal roof. You should have a very loud crowd because of the architecture. We've talked about this ad nauseum, but they had some funny things. They had those gray brick walls. So like certain uh, vantage points, like when a guy's shooting a free throw, it looks like you're in a high school gym all of a sudden. And you had this nice palace around you, but that angle, it's going to look so small time. And I kept thinking, dang nabbit. So they'd have... The gray wall, and then like three people if they'd pan out in the dark green seats. Uh, why go to Ohio? But anyway, they did their job. That's the big yeah. thing. You they know, it, and it was after the Nebraska fiasco, um, which the, you know they shot seventeen percent from three. Uh, you know, Hunter was having an off game. Sasha was off, you know, Sasha has been off ever since he hit what the first five, three pointers of the season. Um, well, the Virginia game, he was great. Yeah. That's the list. Like, it's like first game, Virginia game. That's it. So is this the rhythm? We're going to get him a good Sasha every he seven seems, games. He seems really streaky right now, um, which is uh, not, not what we were expecting. No. However, Hunter, it seemed like the Nebraska game was the exception um, because he was excellent against Ohio. He has been excellent all year. Um, and I think like, you know, he dictates um, the ceiling, the offensive ceiling of the team. I think There's no doubt I mean, he's the guy when you need a bucket. He's the guy who's going to do it now. Yeah. I mean, I thought it was going to be him. Though, it's, right? it's him and Trevion that are going to work, and you might have to play through Trevion, but you can trust his vision, just like a Biggie Light. I mean, he's turned into, you know, so like a a uh, both literally and figuratively light version of Swanigan when yeah. he was here, because he's got that same passing gene too. I mean, yeah. when you see when you see the ball thrown into him, and he does like a no look pass to the weak side to a wide open corner shooter, mm-hmm. it's like. Oh, did we get 50 back? I know yeah. he's not playing in the NBA too much. Like, uh, I didn't realize we got him back. Right, right. Yeah, he he's uh, – the funny thing Purdue has right now is they've got a – you've got this mix of guys who are way too unselfish and a mix yeah. – and other guys who think they're much better. I, you know, uh, I don't know about the second part. I actually think this. You've got does. at least two of them that I can think of, and I'm not. Well, gonna, I'm not going to bash guys, but there are a couple guys that I'm like, whoa, does he know that he's not that good at shooting a basketball? Man, he- but to me, it's just like you don't get the people that you want taking over the game right um and that nobody tough. knows their roles yet right i mean do you agree with that? yeah but I, we were here last year too yeah. right at this time we were here last year where it was such a drastic transition between the super seniors year where we lost you know the four seniors and all of a sudden it's carson's team and klein is the option b and, you know, Harms and, and uh, No Gel are still trying to find, you know, their roles on the team. And um, Eifert hadn't emerged as, you know, the go-to power forward yet. And so it's like uh, the team was in transition and they didn't, after losing a lot over the summer, I think it's the same way now, is that there is still kind of an identity transition. And if last year taught us anything, it's that Matt Painter 
can work through the you know matte painter teams with guys like this can work through it the one difference is going to be so the one difference is obviously the superstar isn't there carson edwards but the superstar isn't what changed last year carson isn't what pulled purdue out of yeah he was the same from start he was the same he was a superstar that could go supernova or would be fine like right. that's what you know that either he was and he was, one out every three games he would shoot and you'd be like you gotta stop shooting but he didn't and the he, reason he, he was so good at the end is because he never stopped shooting yeah. I mean that's the thing people don't get this idea I say it all the time we are the same way as these basketball players our greatest strengths are generally our greatest weaknesses but yeah but but Carson was the same you know we we uh, Purdue lost. Uh, was it the crisis loss? Was I think Notre Dame, right? The oh, they looked know, bad in that game, and that Notre Dame team was bad. I, for yeah. me, that was the crisis loss because That's I was like, "Damn it, here we go again!" Indianapolis, yeah. they stink. Notre Dame's got a bunch of doughy white dudes who are kicking <laughs> our ass. I, th- that type of thing, that type of loss, right? It is eyeball loss, right? Yeah. I look at these guys, I'm like, they shouldn't beat Purdue. Not that but it's, Notre Dame team. There have been good Notre Dame teams. That was not one of them, and I knew it right then. I said it last year, and it turns out they did suck. Yeah, they Notre were Dame bad. was bad. But every it wasn't Carson that changed. It was everything around him. And so just like the football team, when you put this talent on there, it raises your floor. When everything around Carson changed for the better, that floor raised. And all of a sudden, when Carson goes supernova— the ceiling gets so much higher. Yes it, yes, it was a Final Four team by the end of the year. If you'd have told me after the Notre Dame Notre Dame game, I mean, you were ready to write off the season. Oh yeah, I said this is not a tournament team. I, I admit it. I, and I admit it was it in, and it you know, and we were making the joke. Wouldn't it be funny if this ended up being Painter's Final Four team after the pre, after the previous years? And it was. It, it just didn't go. It was as close as you could get to going, but didn't go. And so to me, it's like that's kind of where this team is right now they're still finding their identity but but here are the good you know the the undeniable great things about the team is that trevion williams and uh eric hunter are excellent players jihad proctor is seamless integration i mean so so unselfish oh yeah and, like and, way too unselfish. And like, he has that weird mid-range game that when things aren't going well for this team that is probably a 30% three-point shooting team, he can kind of bail them out. He can get those weird, um, you know, teardrops. Uh, if you watch Etwan more in the NBA, Etwan yeah. now has that little push shot that yeah. he does, like you know, just above the charge circle, and so it's like those are those kind of weird shots. Getting well, that shot, seasons. remember that's the shot we all hated as Purdue fans because yep. Tyrone Johnson couldn't hit it, mm-hmm. but he kept shooting it. Well, basketball players shouldn't be good at that shot, which is why when it when the player has it, like, it no, is, no, no. when okay. a guard has it, it's so great. It's deadly, um, and. I mean, you know, Nogel is still not the offensive player that we were hoping for. Defensively, I mean. Last good. night, man, the energy was so good. He he beat them with just energy, right? It was so good. He was so, And it was such a – he didn't have that against Nebraska. Nope. It was a non-factor right. against Nebraska. And last night, I think it was because he knows him and Harms are the – backbone of what is probably the best defense in the big 10 yeah and he knew that arms was out and he knew that he had to step up and um you know uh, kind of carry that mantle on you know the entire the entire game and he was excellent and so the fact that this team is such an excellent defensive team i think they're still top five in um, all of the advanced stats in terms of defense uh, you know, in terms of team defense, right. I, I mean, that's what you hang. That's what this team hangs their hat on. Um, the bench scoring is worrisome. There's no, there is no no reliable offensive option. Uh, off Thompson of is as close as you get, right? And Thompson, oh, he's he's a freshman, and he right. will be very good. And I'm glad that he wasn't redshirted this year because yeah, he's got to work through some of the lumps. But like, man, Wheeler needs to be man you he needs to get out of this three-point shooting slump like i don't you know he uh, played a different brand of basketball yesterday too somebody said to him you've got to go get rebounds yeah that that right and maybe it's because ohio wasn't that big 
but he was really grabbing a lot of boards. I was like, this is excellent. This mm-hmm. is what I need to see. It's like um, it was a much different game. To me, he looked like he was not going out on the court just to shoot threes, which is the first time I've seen that this year, right? Yeah, I mean, and and it was it was his shot, you know, his his offensive rebound and putback that kind of got Purdue out of their second half slump. You know, yeah. they'd, let, they'd let the twenty point lead whittle down to seven. He got that little offensive rebound and put back and yeah. all of a sudden the lead was back to fifteen. Yep. And yep. so it's like, you know, that that's kind of what put the game away. And this team I never got you push. didn't ever get worried in that game, right? Not really. I was too busy uh dissecting the uh flex glue commercial. Dude, I loved it. I, <laughs> that is was incredible. Uh, and he's the guy, I didn't realize it. The, uh, what's his name? Phil something? Phil Swift? Yeah. yeah Phil Swift. I, he He's wearing a heart. He's a, he has a weird face. I yes. have no way to describe other than a well, weird his, face. His expressions are weird too, Just right? a bizarre face. And he was wearing a black hard hat and had a sledgehammer in his head. And I was like, oh, this is oh, a sign a from the heavens. Right. Oh, no. Look at this. <laughs> what have we here? Everything's lining up. Um I, yeah, yeah, so I got distracted. Purdue got distracted. The lead went down a little bit. It was, you know, it was. It was I can't. I, I may be misquoting, but we were uh, the Boyle Sports team. We were going back and forth like we do during games. And oh no, you did this on Twitter, didn't you? I I don't know where I read. It. You said something like, "Why is it uh, we're halfway through the first half, and I'm more interested yeah. in flex clues. flex clue." Yeah, there nothing. Then I happened. am this game. Nothing happened in the first ten minutes. Absolutely no. nothing. It was the and then wor- Purdue- that was horrible. That's the same game that we've seen like five times this year, where you're like, "Is it started?" It's almost like they were warming up and they just said, "Game." And yeah. guys like it's now like when when you're just playing a run and you're just kind of everybody's kind of shooting around and all of a sudden, okay, fine, okay, let's go, starting. let's run. I didn't know these were the five we were running with, but I guess yeah, exactly. Who's running, running inside, outside? Who's in, who's on my team? I don't know. I, I'll run point for a minute here. I can't really dribble, but I went. Um, I went. But then at the ten minute mark, all of a sudden they look like a team. Oh yeah, they were. Offense they were came al- came alive, and at the same time, Ohio couldn't seem to see the rim because they were throwing jump shots off the side of the backboard, high um, off the glass, clanging it off the rim. I I was like, this team's awful. That's all. You I know, could, no, but you. They have a really good guard, um, uh, Jason Preston. Yeah, that point guard. He his averages jumped from like six points to something like twenty points a game, twenty twenty two points, maybe twenty Is points a, a game. He's like sixteen nine points and like nine assists a game. Yes. Is that that? He's a he is. Did you hear the story about him? There was one good factoid. I get these about once a year where I get something from the ESPN team that I did not know, and his was he never started in high school. Really? Yes. Huh. That's an incredible story. That's better than any stupid Rudy type story there is. A guy. Oh, it's amazing. just like the kid in Dayton right now, Obi Trice. Have you heard that? Have oh, you heard his story? He is a lottery pick. He yeah. is an amazing player. He's a beast. He was a walk on. He yep. was an unrecruited walk on, zero stars. Yep. Yeah. And now he's he's a lottery pick. It's just so good. It is way better than, you know, it is way better than all of these dumb stories. Yeah. But the best part about the Ohio game, especially after the dismal performance at Nebraska, was seeing Eric Hunter carry the offense on one end and shut down the point guard on the that other. That was incredible. That you know, was and and no gel was there helping him, but it was Jason Preston was was Eric Hunter's primary assignment, and Hunter did such a good job. I mean, like he has grown. I thought he was going to be. I I was high coming in. Uh, you know, him coming in last year, and I was a little disappointed with his year. This is the player that I thought we were getting. We're getting high school Eric Hunter, and like that is, you know, I mean, that's like great. I mean, that's, that's record setting Eric Hunter, really. That guy in high school was a scoring machine. But the thing I never heard about, because I have I have friends that were actually on staff at the school he went to, and they said this yeah, kid can I mean, fill it up, he can score. But I never heard anybody say he could lock somebody down. Mm-hmm. And he didn't so, have the frame. He's kind of a slight. Framed, he's very slight. You yeah. Know, you know, six three guy. And so yeah. it's like it. It was really impressive. And um, it's so, always. I do you feel this way? There are very few 
beautiful looking left-handed shooters. Do uh, you disagree or do you agree? No, I'm a lefty. So I I'm, I play basketball right. I shoot a basketball right-handed, but I'm a lefty. I love a good Because lefty, you know love, it looks bad to shoot a ball left-handed. I sorry, love I'm it. I'm sorry. I love <laughs> I love the fact that three of Purdue's starters are lefties. It's, it's bizarre. It's really like No gel starts. It's yeah, so good. Yeah, yeah. But no gel's jumper and Hunter's jumper, when they leave the hand, look very similar okay. to me, which do is a problem. Not, do not – do not compare Nogel's jumper to and your left-handed jumper, which is your offhand, looks the same as Hunter and Nogel's left-handed jumper. Nogel's free throws still give me indigestion. Oh, I don't know. Okay, so I and am, he makes them, which is fine. I mean, he makes enough of them that they more are, than you would. They're someplace between hilarious and terrifying, right? They're they're that that. I, I watch it. I'm like, this can't still be happening. Th- that hitch. He's doing well. He's, he's, you know, just hit it. So let's the House of Horrors. Are you going to the House of Horrors this Saturday? Hell no. I don't <laughs> do that anymore. I gave it up years ago, and I'm staying away. I do not go downtown Indianapolis for this event because it makes me filled with rage. Everyone hates me in that arena except for like five people. We've won two of them, maybe? Two. Two in a row, and that's it. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was when... You beat a good Actually, and you get a bad Butler team. Swanigan never lost, right? Like, Swanigan... Like, I think Swanigan was right. it for the two years. I think you're right. Um, and so, that... Which is funny to me. That's um, very funny, because all, like, all the great players that played in that event and just looked horrible. Like, just... Yeah. So, uh, so bad. Why, why, what bad, you, I mean, and Butler this year is not bad. So, um, I think they're, they're a top 20 team. They're good. Uh, they're good. I watched them play versus Baylor, uh, on the road. Uh, they're good. Baldwin is very good. Uh, Baldwin, he and Carson Edwards came in at the same time. And I said, this is going to be fun when they're seniors, them guarding each other last year. Baldwin seemed to not be the player that he is this year, the guy that I thought he'd be. And Edwards is exactly the guy who I thought he'd be by the time of his junior year. Yeah. Baldwin is very good. He's a go-to guy versus Baylor for some reason. He got very panicky at the end of the game because um, they had a chance. They could have won in regulation, and Baldwin really, really got flustered. And I don't know why. I think generally he's very good, though. And then they've got the um, they got a white kid who all of a sudden has a sleeve tattoo he used to not, who can bomb from the logo. That's J.J. Redick. He's he's there, J.J. Redick. And two years ago, when Purdue played them last time, he kind of scratched and clawed them. They were down by a billion in Indianapolis versus Purdue. And then he just started hitting threes from like 30 feet away. And I'm like, what the hell? Stop that guy. Stop him. Don't get beaten by that guy. Anybody and but. Anybody but that guy. Exactly. And, um, yeah, they've got, they've got some talented guys and this is a much better Butler team than they've been the last couple of years. They're, 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 they're good. Uh, they're sound. Um, so they have, so, uh, Ken Palm has it at a Purdue win 59, 58. It's 51%. Oh. It's basically a coin flip. So, uh, I think Purdue loses by 10 to 12 points because it's an indie because it's in the house of horrors. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Uh, it's like Mackie is worth ten to twelve points. <laughs> Indianapolis is worth negative ten. To 12. Well, listen, it's fine. At least it's to a good Butler team and not a you know dregs Notre Dame team. It would help this this team more than even last year's team. Oh, it'd be it, this this win would mean a lot. I mean, like this win would be so. You're you're so, on your way to an NCAA tournament with this one. Yeah, I mean, like you know, you be, you beat. Um, you beat Virginia, like you notch a win against Virginia, you notch a win against VCU, which is an impressive win, and you beat Butler in a neutral court. I think all of the, you know, VCU and and Butler would be at neutrals. UVA was at home, and you hold your own. You end up finishing top four in the Big Ten. Yeah, yeah that's a five seed. I mean, yeah. like you, yeah, that's, that's a, a solid four. NCAA yeah, tournament. See, like, four, to me, this seed. team, it could, it could teeter poorly because we've seen this that nebraska game spooked you that's like the football game you know that's like the illinois game for me yeah yeah not good not not positive feelings i uh, all the good juju is gone the bad juju is is just boiling over and i'm like man that can return at any time that is a prototypical 
ice water on the face Purdue basketball game, though, right? When, when At the end of the season when they say, when you got the four seed, is there a point in the season where you turn the corner? Wofford, right? <laughs> Nebraska. It's that type of game where you're like, okay, this this could be a galvanizer. The problem that they have with that is every time when Purdue has a galvanizing moment, they have a team leader who gathers them and says, okay, guys, what the hell? This is not the way we're supposed to play. I don't see that yet. I still don't see a team leader. And that's what bothers me. And that's why I think guys are still not knowing their role. Because when they gather into a huddle, who takes charge of the huddle? We'll see. We'll see you know, between Proctor, Trevion, and you know, Hunter's quiet. Um, you know, we'll see. We'll see who emerges. But uh, yeah, let's let's just get a win versus Butler, or let's cover the ten point spread. I think the leaders, like you said earlier, are guys that it's tough to get behind because of their inconsistency and their emotional nature. Right, Eastern and Harms are the leaders on this team. Yeah, and that might be the problem. Because you have two guys that when Harms is on, he's great. When he is off, he is in his own head, and he is frustrated, and it's tough. And you're like, dude, you just got to – and he's already taken steps forward. He's better than he used to be at that, right? And Eastern at the same time, when he's on, he's fantastic. He's like a lockdown. Yep. He's, it's he's like a Ohio. beast. But when he's off, he he doesn't do what Harms does. Harms gets outwardly frustrated. Eastern recoils and gets he small. disappears. Yeah, he disappears. and so it's it's tough and the depth is going to be an issue all year and so eh, but we'll see take it you know maybe they can redshirt two or three guys mid-season again am i mad about the red shirts yes i am i can go ahead and say that right i I, you know it's not um the decision to redshirt both of them is a little what you know was a little weird however maybe four years from now painter knows what he's talking about because you know because you know who would be a phenomenal add to this team right now is if ryan klein was on this team right now it would be great it would be awesome and that's painter's big regret right is that he didn't you know the the ryan klein's redshirt it's the one why he's almost over like he almost over prescribes the red shirt now is because of that situation like he played in you know five games he maybe swung one game as a freshman that tells you that tells you how good his shot could have been but imagine coming off of that um you know that sweet 16 game having this purdue defense and putting in uh you know ryan klein as a three-point shooter so it's like you know it it It'll hurt this year, but this year is not the year that Purdue's going to go pretty deep anyway, so you might as well try to... I've, I've heard Paint talk about some players, and I don't think he's gotten specific in the presser, but I think you can read between the lines when he's talking about he hasn't taken... A couple guys haven't taken the steps we thought they would. I think mm-hmm. he said things like that, right? And I think I know the guys he's talking about. You know the guys he's talking about. But to me, what I think he saw is that, okay... Wheeler is not the offensive player we thought he'd be, and that's multiple. I've heard multiple accounts that the way he worked in the offseason, he did not work on his complete game. He worked on his jumper. Mm-hmm. I think Painter believes more in Sasha's shooting ability than Sasha has shown this season, and I think Sasha could still get in so. the rhythm and go crazy. Like, so yeah. you, okay, then you can if you if that happens, all of a sudden this team is different. I think it's, it's that. So you know. Colts fans hate to hear this, but it's the Belichick thing, right? It's you don't focus on players and coaches shouldn't focus on. And Painter was talking about this in the summer, too. Players and coaches shouldn't focus on uh, what they don't do well, you know, the negatives to their game. Uh, Work on it in the offseason. That's great. Try to become a better all-around player. But you're on the court or on the field for a reason is because you can do one, two, or three things excellently. And so if you do those things, like, that's a that's you know that contributes to the whole right. in a in a way that is much greater than if you try to overstretch yourself right. um in you know in a role that's not meant for you and so to me it's like wheeler would be excellent in the dunker spot you know yeah. and crashing the glass and you know doing the dirty work stepping up on defense no gel i mean the no gel that we saw yesterday against uh, ohio would be excellent to see. So it's like those are the small things to sand around the edge. Well, if you are think there... about what what type of game Wheeler could have, to me, um, 
Wheeler could be a guy where he says, okay, crash, crash the glass, work around the glass. This is what you're going to do. And then you're going to wear your guy out. And then late in the game, you're going to slip out to the corner and bomb a three. Yeah, yeah. Not look to shoot the three first and then second is to go inside. Go with the high percentage, right? Until until the next part of your game develops, he's got so many gifts. Physically, oh, yeah. he's got so many things that got, a lot of guys wish they had, right? That length, you cannot discount it. If he would use his length effectively every possession, if he would use it effectively on defense a third of the game, yeah. mercy. He could be – he showed a play yesterday where he got in a passing lane where he had no business even getting to it. I think um, – the action was going right to left on TV, and they threw it to the right side, and he got out in a passing line. I was like, wow, we haven't seen that. And if he would have gotten it, I bet he knows I, he can jump from, like, the three-point line and dunk it, right? Yeah, which is why I am not despondent over mm-hmm. this team yet. I'm not even— Like I was know, last night. <laughs> I'm not even worried During about the this team. Yeah, because it's like there are so—there are so many— things that you can point to to you know that this team has still got a you know shown promise but isn't quite executing just yet and on the other side there are so few ways that this offense could be worse than the bad moments that they've shown right and so to me it's like i I think it, it's and you trust Painter at this point. Like, you know, uh, I don't know if in the last few years you would have told us this, you know, we'd have this kind of implicit trust in in what he did. But, man, over the last couple of years, it's like, what else does Painter have to show you? It'll be all right. Like, you know, Painter will um, uh, he does a lot of things really well. And looking through the lens, here's where I've come to trusting Matt Painter a lot more. One, of course, is getting the next step in the tournament. But if that wouldn't have happened, everything else would still be the same. They, Purdue would still be a team that you know players are going to develop, and you also know that they're competing on an uneven playing field. In that place, I start saying, you know what? You're not going to be a blue blood. It's okay. You're not going to go and sell your soul to get everybody in here. Maybe every four to five years, you have a real big-time shot at a blue-chip a player, a big time player, but generally you're getting guys that are going to develop and you're going to do a good job. He's going to do a good job game in, game out, mm-hmm. trying to work on these guys. And he's not going to think it's the end of the world when they don't get there in December or January. Yeah. Other I mean, programs yeah. lose all their, all their energy early in the season. They are toast by February because they things did not go the way they thought they were going to go. This is, you know, uh, we hate Tom Izzo around these parts, and we hate everything that Michigan State stands for. But this is what we were pointing to with Michigan State before. It's like you don't put too much, too much uh, into either the wins or losses in December or January. It's February and March. We, you know, it's winning at that stage that you, that you really want to do. And the other, um, you know, the other part of it is that, you know, we were, we've always had this eternal debate on what matters more, the regular season or the, the tournament, right. And what's a little bit more reflective, like you said, even if Purdue didn't take that next step, um, to go to the elite eight and, you know, as you know, five seconds away from the final four, Purdue won the big 10 with that team. Yeah, you know, crazy. with that inconsistent team, with you know, I mean, a flawed roster and a superstar, mm-hmm. and Purdue took it and won the Big Ten. And so it's like those are the kind of things where it's like, I, what else? It it'll be all right. It'll be fun. So anyway, we'll lose to Butler by fourteen, uh, but it'll be fine because it's the House of Horrors, and that's basically a tie anywhere yeah. else. Yep. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm doing something real quickly. I want to check because I think Michigan State was on pace tonight. As we record, they were on pace to be the first Big Ten team in this season to win a road game. I believe they won that game. Ah, um, if they would have lost, wouldn't everybody be tied one and one? Yes. Yes. Ah, it'd be something so it. bizarre. And I'm trying to find it. I have not found the score yet. Um, but they were they had a commanding lead at the half. They were up by 12 at the half. And um, they won I, by five. They won by five. <laughs> and that's Blast. not a good Northwestern. That's that Northwestern team that looks a lot like the Notre Dame team we were talking about last year. A bunch of doughy, unathletic white guys playing in the Big Ten where you're just like, eh, 
How do these and how do they do that? How did they hang with Michigan State? Well, there's some weird hex over the Big Ten right now where going on the road is kryptonite, and uh, somebody's got to break it. Somebody's it gotta... would have been incredible if every Big Ten team was one on one. Yeah, it just would have been great. But again, Michigan State ruins everything. It is really as they always the do. Moral. It's the moral as of they the do. Story. And all of this. Not that Michigan State listens to the moral of any story, but that's no, you know, the word that's moral not like hell from that word. Uh, so you're ready to fire Jeff Brom, uh, yeah. and uh, Purdue basketball uh, is Just winning the national title. Oh, oh yes, yes. I thought you could go the other way. Like there's no more. It's over. <laughs> it's over because this this December's been bad. Uh, yeah, yeah. Things are uh, things are awesome on the basketball side. Things are horrible. There is in the internet world that you and I both live in. Uh, there are no shades of gray. It is a black and white world, and clearly, exactly. it's fine. It's fine. All right. Yeah. Uh, so enjoy uh, the holiday. I will be going to uh, a warmer climate uh-huh. for right. uh, the holiday. So it's uh, I'm going to be enjoying this. You ain't going to hear from me because I'm not going to be on Twitter. Sorry about all of you, um, but uh, you know, I, Purdue will go three and zero oh, as I am. Uh, you know, I think I'm going to miss three games. So yeah, Purdue will win three games that, uh, that I won't that be able cool. to watch. It's fine. All right. Well, it, travel safely. Um, I'm glad we got to do this without Jay. It's always a pleasure to not have him around. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it was, it was good. It was good tonight. Um, uh, remember martinvintage.com to get your uh, your New Year's shopping done. Boiled at <laughs> checkout and. Uh, uh, have a if I don't see you guys, a loyal listener, in the next week. Have a very merry Christmas to you and your family, and uh, God bless them. God bless your family and Anish. Uh, seriously, travel safely and look forward to seeing all the pictures. We'll go to that slideshow like we do every time after you go on a trip. That's right. That's right. Yeah, meet at your house. Love you guys. Good night.